0: Okay, welcome back. Today we're going to learn about Shmuel HaKatan uh, that is in Perig Dalad Mishnah Yotes. Um, Very short Mishnah, uh, a lot of questions, uh, but hopefully we can shed some light on uh, his teachings, his lesson, even his name, Shmuel HaKatan, which is an interesting name. (coughs) And um, that which we know about him elsewhere in Shas. So first of all, let's address the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Shmuel HaKatan, a Shmuel HaKatan said, he's quoting a pasuk in Mishle, uh Benifolo altismach, when your enemy falls, you shall not uh, be happy. Uh, and when he stumbles Becha, your heart should not rejoice. Penira Hashem, Hashem might see that you are uh, rejoicing and happy over the downfall of your enemies, and he won't actually uh, like that kind of behavior. and he may actually, become angry um, uh, over your behavior and it could have serious consequences. So Shmuel HaKatan is teaching us a lesson that when your enemies fall, do not rejoice. What's interesting about the Mishnah is that his lesson is basically a Pasuk uh, in Zion, with nothing else being added. So why does Shmuel Akaten have to teach us something that we already know that's a Pasuk in Mishlei. And he doesn't seem to be adding anything to it. So, what is it all about? There are some girsois that are brought down where he actually adds to the pasuk, but the text, of, of, of the way we have it, just simply has him quoting a pasuk. So the rishonim try and address this question. And for example, the Machzor Vitri, um, who was a Talmud of Rashi, he says that the pasuk that the pasuk is speaking about. Uh, people that despise each other in worldly things. He's taking that same look and applying it towards who are arguing in the Torah and Dvar Halacha that one should not rejoice over the downfall of his fellow haver. However, the, some of the commentaries in Medrash in particular and the Torah Shemshen as well say, this is all, um, uh, Iker, and Hasefer. Um, the Pasuk seems to be applying generally, uh, and Shmuel HaKatan doesn't seem to be making any kind of distinction between what he's teaching on the Pasuk. It's, as we see it in the Mishnah, he's just quoting a Pasuk. So how do you address this question? What is, um, Shmuel HaKatan adding? Why is he introducing this Pasuk? Is there any connection, um, to Shmuel HaKatan and why he's emphasizing this Pasuk? So, the Gemara Sanhedrin is on Dafir Alev, and Olive, and it relates that there was a, uh, uh, an incident that the Chachomim were gathered together in Yavna, and they heard a bascoil emanate from the heavens, from Shemayim, and said, Yesh echad, you have one amongst you, Sheroy Shetishro of shchina, that he is worthy of experiencing Hashroah Sashchina in your generation. The reason why he has not experienced Hashroah Sashchina because the generation is not worthy, even though he himself is on a very high level, but he is not capable of experiencing that because the generation uh, is sort of bringing down the level of kedusha. But he himself is worthy of hashrash uh, Sashkina. And the chachamim turned to Shmuel HaKatan. They realized that this baskel is referring to none other than Shmuel HaKatan. It also says in the Yershalmi, uh, in Masech De Sota, why was he called Shmuel HaKatan? If you want to give somebody a compliment you don't call him the small one why was he called Shmuel HaKatan? Why was this title given to him? If, especially if he was such a great person that the rabbanim knew that this baskel, when it said that there's somebody amongst you who is Zerche to having Hashorah HaShchina if the generation would be worthy, they knew it was Shmuel HaKatan that was being referred to so the Yershami says that he was called Shmuel HaKatan because A. he was a tremendous uh, uh, Anav, a tremendous humble person, he, experienced, he expressed a lot of humility, and he was mocked in Atsma. despite reaching tremendous heights, he didn't hold of himself as a great person, and that's why he was called Shmuel HaKatan, uh, symbolic of his modesty. Another shot brought down is that he was a step below Shmuel HaNavi, one of the great Nevi'im, Toya Katan HaRamasi and the only reason he was not zeichet to the nevuah of Shmuel Hanavi is because his generation was not worthy, but he was a great person. So both of these explanations for the title Hakatan are very positive explanations and we see that Shmuel Hakatan was a great person. Now another Gemara that I want to share with you, which is worthwhile to uh, understanding uh, a little bit more about Shmuel Hakatan is a Gemara in Masech Debrachis. The Gemara in is, Dav Ches Amid says as follows, and this relates to the construct of our Shemona Esrei and the fact that we now have not 18 brachas in the Shemona Esrei, but actually 19 brachas in the Shemona Esrei, and there was a 19th bracha that was added. The Gemara in, in Masech Brachas says, Shemona Pekuli organized and prepared the 18 brachas as we know it before Rabbi Gamliel, al-haseder, in order, in yavne. O'ma and Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel said to the Chachamim that were gathered, Chachamim, klum yesh adam. is there an, an individual, sh'yadeh l'saken birchas haminim, is there somebody amongst us who can be misakin, who can compose and prepare a bracha of, which is referred to as birchas haminim, which is the bracha of a which was added later on, uh, as a 19th bracha. So it says that Shmuel al was chosen and he composed the bracha of the Lamashinim. So the question is, why was this such a difficult bracha to compose? Um, the reason, by the way, for the need to having a bracha of Lamashinim, the Ben Yehoyada explains that because they experienced a lot of um, uh, views that are foreign to our Messiah. um, we mentioned the Tzadukim and the all kinds of apikorsis that was being um, circulated throughout the world. So, Mikivet Nisrabo Haminim, and there were many Apikorsim uh, and and they were also Malshinim. Malshinim meaning they went and reported on the uh, Jews, the religious Jews, to the government, whether it was the Romans and others in power, and created lots of problems. So, there was a need because of all these Tsarists, Ro, Rabban Gamlio, Sakin bracha Kenegedash to offset their influence. Ach, dezu, says to Ben Yoyoda, for this type of work, this type of task, this important task of composing such a bracha, you couldn't just have anybody. You needed somebody Godol, Has to be a great chacham, Somebody who is a that his 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 ability and his potential greatness is as great like the ancheknesu z'gdoila like the men of the great assembly. So because the original Shmonesri brachos was created by the Anshe of They needed somebody in their generation that was close at some level uh, to be able to have Ruach Hakodesh and to be able to embed in the bracha, in the in the kavanas and in the um, understanding and the hidden meanings of the bracha, the kavanas that the Anshe of were able to um, embed in the brachos. And so, therefore, when we understand what the Baskal said about Shmuel HaKatan, that he would have been zaychet to Ashurasa Hashkina, had it not been for his generation, it was obvious that he was the one to turn to. And so therefore, he, he was the one that composed the, uh, the bracha of Elam HaShinim. And uh, that's basically how the Ben Yahyad explains why Shmuel HaKatan was chosen to compose um, the bracha of Elam Hashinim and why Rebbe Amliel needed somebody special to compose such a bracha. So that is an explanation of the Gemara and brachas but it doesn't help us with an understanding of uh, our Mishnah here uh, and the questions that we posed initially as to why Shmuel HaKatan is just simply quoting a Kinn Mishlei. what is he trying to teach us, uh, but it does introduce us to the fact that Shmuel HaKatan was the one to compose the 19th bracha of Ilam HaShinim um, and that is going to be helpful in us understanding uh, another element of possibly why he was chosen uh, and that would help us explain our Mishnah before we, before we go further I want to share with you another Gemara this Gemara is in Brachis, Daf Yud Amit Alev the Gemara in Brachis talks about how Rabbi Meir had some neighbors that were uh, problematic uh, they were a bunch of uh, bullies and uh, bad influences and, uh, and creating problems for him Um, And he was davening that uh, Hashem should take them away, that that basically that Hashem should get rid of them and uh, therefore he won't have problems as a result of these uh, bad neighbors. Rabbi Meir's wife, the famous and very wise Bruria, heard him davening and corrected him and said, is that really what Hashem wants? That if somebody is a sinner, we should daven that that person should be killed? Doesn't the Pesach say, Yitamuch ha'toim min That sins should end and be swept away and be wiped away off the face of the earth? It doesn't say sinners, it says sins. So doesn't that mean that we're not supposed to daven, that the people who are sinners should 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 disappear and be should be punished and die as a result of their sins? Rather, what we should be davening is that Hashem should help them see the flaw in their ways and therefore get them to improve. And in that manner, there won't be sin. And so the prayer should be to rid the world of sin. So there should be a coverage for the Kavit for, Malchus for, There should be an honor for the sake of heaven, as opposed to a desecration of of, of, uh, of Hashem's presence in this world. And so it's inappropriate for you to dive in this way. And Rebbe took the lesson of Bruria. Of, uh, and this is actually an approach um, that is very much a part of uh, our belief that even somebody who is a rasha, um, we should not be davening that that person should be punished. Rather, we should daven that that person should uh, see the, the right path and eventually repent and change his or her ways. Uh, and so therefore, sin would be eradicated uh, from the world. This is actually consistent with the text and the nusach of the bracha. When you look at the bracha of Elam HaShinim, uh, the Grah points out that we say that those who are Malshin, those who actually report uh, and say bad things about the Jewish people to the authorities, they, there should be no hope. The harisha Harisha says the Gra and others on the Siddur, the commentary on the Siddur, and also in Shulchan Aruch, it doesn't say that those who do bad should disappear off the face of the earth. It says, v'chol horisha, that badness, wicked things, wickedness, should disappear. And so therefore, the nusach of the bracha, of shinim, is consistent with this outlook of chazal, which Bruria emphasized to Rabbi Meir in his the about the, uh, about the uh, neighbors who were creating problems, that our approach is not to look for the downfall of people, but rather to pray that they change their ways, and so therefore, um, wickedness would disappear off the face of the earth. Um, with that background we can understand uh, a little bit more because the Chafetz Chaim tells us that when it comes to um, the Halachas of Lashon Hara for example, he says in the Sefer Chafetz Chaim that we know that there are exceptions where if it's leto'eles if it's for a, uh, a, an important a beneficial need that a person can say it if it's leto'eles, however The Chafetz Chaim writes, and I'll read to you his Lashon, he says that even where a person might have an exemption to be allowed to, because it's for a purpose that is beneficial to say Lashon Hara, he says, And a person should not enjoy the fact that he's going to be able to say something bad about this other person, maybe because he doesn't like the other person, maybe because he has a certain animosity towards this other person. So even though that what he's doing is justified, but if he has... The wrong emotions and sentiments and motivation behind it, the Chavetz Chaim says he is not allowed to. He says, It cannot be motivated at all or impacted at all by that which he has a grudge or some kind of bad feelings or animosity towards this individual. So that said, the reason Rebbe Gamliel needed somebody very special that was hard to come by to create the Brahva Mashinim is because even though there was a need to compose a Brokhavalla Mashinim. Uh, and even though Shmuel HaKatan, as the Ben Yehoyada says, was a very worthy person, they needed somebody that didn't have any sin or animosity. And the Tzedukim and the Apikorsim, as we've discussed, in other Shiurim, created all kinds of tzoris for the Jewish people. And so there definitely was animosity. There definitely was hard feelings. So they needed somebody who was a, a clean of those, of those feelings, clean of those emotions. And that was very, very difficult. So who better than somebody that embodied, and his life uh, embodied the Pasuk, that is being quoted by Shmuel HaKatan. And the reason why Shmuel HaKatan said this posseg in the Mishnah is because he lived by this mantra. He lived by the mantra of, Tismach yogali becha. And because that wasn't just the posseg that he quoted, that was how he lived his life, and that is how he worked himself out to be such a person that never rejoiced in the downfall of another individual, even somebody who is your enemy, even somebody that creates tsaris, that's the right person to compose the bracha v'lamashinim so that it had pure thoughts and pure motivations. And that pshat is brought down in the name of Rev Ber Rifkin, Rev Rifkin was a Rosh Hashiva in Taravadas, uh, and this is quoted in the Sefer Lekute Basur Lekute. Um, similarly, but a slightly different angle, based on this discussion, that um, Shmuel Akotan was the one responsible for composing the Bruch Hashinim, and that this mission is connected to that, the Tolda Shimshin, which is the, uh, a Sefer Empirical, was written by the uh, Zerah Shimshin, which is a very popular work. Uh, the Tolda Shimshin says something slightly different. He says that because Shmuel Akotan composed the bracha of he was concerned that people might learn from that bracha and the fact that he was responsible for composing it that it's okay to want the, your enemies to experience a downfall and to rejoice over their downfall. So he's telling you, no, just because I composed the bracha of don't think that it's okay to rejoice over the downfall of your enemies. So it was because he composed the bracha that he's reinforcing the message of the pasuk in Mishle to let you know that the two uh, are not contradictory. So the difference between these last two pshatim, the difference between the pshat of Reb Rivkin and the pshat of the Tadashimshin is that, according to Reb Rivkin, it was because of who... Shmuel HaKaten was, and the fact that he embodied the lesson of this Pasuk, that's why he was chosen to compose the bracha of Olam However, according to the Tol Hashimshin, it was because Shmuel HaKaten was chosen to compose the bracha that he was concerned that people might misinterpret the intent, and so therefore he had to reinforce after composing the bracha that still a person should not rejoice over the downfall of his enemy, and so the question is what came first, but the idea is the same, that it related to uh, the bracha that was composed by Shmuel HaKatan, and again, Shmuel HaKatan is not a, a negative title. Shmuel HaKatan actually emphasized his greatness, his greatness in humility, and his greatness in has, his ability to have Ruh HaKadosh and as we mentioned, the Baskol that stated that he was the one amongst the Chachamim of Yavne, that would have been Zaycha, had it not been for the generation, he would have been Zaycha to experience Hashorah HaShechina in his door. Thank you.